don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in In my heart, I have a And happy National Paranormal Day to everyone out there. Um, welcome to Greetings from Beyond Radio. Um, you guys know me, Rich, and you also know... Vicky. There there you go. Um, because, I was distracted by the screen there for a minute. Yeah, okay. Uh, so was I, but... Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Um yeah, it's, it's been an interesting last week. I mean, literally uh, just hours after last week's show, um, I was given some good news, which I will share with everyone. But first, let's go through the atypical, what we, where you can actually hear us and see us on a regular basis. So you can see us on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube. You can see us there and hear us there iHeartRadio, The Paralynx, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Samsung Podcasts, Listen Notes, Apple Podcasts, where any Apple device happens to be available, and Google Podcasts with, and also Pandora. Um, every week we are simulcasted through all of those podcast for, uh, forums, and by all means, you know, follow us there and take advantage of all the banter that goes on between Vicky myself and when we do have a guest as well we we tend to always bring out the best in our guests what do you think Vicky? i think we do i i we engage with yes them. absolutely but i also want to encourage people please 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 if you have not subscribed to the youtube channel or watched through youtube and left comments please do so because youtube is going to be one of our key places to find us. And I really want people to subscribe there. I can tell you that I'm subscribed and I got the notification that I was coming on air. So was I, <laughs> but you know, it's and much I agree. more reliable than Facebook is what I, I'm I, I, I agree. Um, I, I think YouTube uh, pretty much has taken it, you know, several steps way up into the, in the stratosphere. Um, so Yes, this this week uh, we will be discussing is the paranormal and demonology one and the same, or are they two completely different subject matters altogether? Um, you know what, ladies first, I'm going to lead with Vicky and see what she thinks, and I, I think I know what she thinks, but she tends to surprise me sometimes. I don't think she will on this one, though. Well, I guess it depends on what context 
you are talking about. So if you are talking about demonology as in strictly the study of, okay, if you're looking at it, the study of, um, then that's something that a person can do and not necessarily be involved in the paranormal field itself. Just like I have an affinity for studying serial killers. That doesn't make me uh, a serial killerologist. It doesn't mean <laughs> that I can go and find a serial killer. Serialologist. Okay. There's, listen, you know, I'm making this stuff up as I go. Hey, no, no. I, I'm I, kudos right? to you. Kudos to you. So, I, if you're looking at it from that perspective, yes, there are two different things because one of them is the study of the paranormal. You could say that that is simply anything that happens outside the realm of normal. Okay. Um, where you can't find a logical, where you can't find a normal explanation, you turn to paranormal. Now, I, I agree. Go on. Now, what happens is that if you are in the paranormal field and you are a true researcher and trying to help people and trying to figure out what is going on, then you might have to cross over and look at demonology or turn to someone who has studied demonology in order to help you with the paranormal situation that you might be dealing with. All right. My two cents worth. Um, I don't think demonology and paranormal have anything to do with each other. And I will state why. As far back as when I started studying and this was 1988. Um, there, this was something offered by the church. It was theological, still is back then, still is today. And when my pastor, Frank Marzullo, may he rest in peace, uh, approached me and encouraged me to start studying because he had known me since I was eight years old and he knew that I had an affinity and understanding that just came naturally to me when it came to angels, demons, things of that sort. So he said, Rich, you could very well have a calling for what we call demonology. And I am offering you the opportunity to mentor you in this. And I actually went and went a little bit further and I said, mentor me in demonology. What, what exactly is that? And he said, it's understanding what to look for when there's demonic activity, be it infestation, attachments, oppression, possession, and so on. And also how to combat this. Now, mind you, mind you, I was part of a non-denominational Christian church, but they don't teach demonology like other churches do. The way they teach it is you are taught to be a religious demonologist and they also train you to cast out demons, if need be, in an emergency situation. Of course, they would prefer that you call forth uh, the, the, you know, the pastor himself and the church elders to do so. But if you're, you're there at that moment in time and you're testing and your back's against the wall and it's going to take, what, mm, I don't know, three hours for them to get there. Yeah, you're not going to be standing outside as, you know, 
you know, whatever the heck is going on, chaos in that house is going on. And you're like, okay, I'm waiting. And back then they didn't even have cell phones. So they trained me on how to do this um, through prayers, deliverance. It's called deliverance, not exorcisms. Okay. Exorcisms are reserved. It's a right. There's a, the minor right, solemn right of exorcism for the Catholic Church, the Catholic faith. I've never been trained in it. I'm not an exorcist. I am a religious demonologist. And growing up and going into the paranormal as I did, I always understood there was a difference. There's paranormal. There's demonology. They're different. There's a big gap in there for a reason. Because one is theological. And where the other one is the study of supernatural phenomenon, which you can find in your books of ESP, extrasensory perception, uh, perception, and yes okay your your hand is raised go on i'm raising a quiet hand um where it ceases to be theology is when you take action so then it goes from being something of theory into something of practice if you're going to do something to facilitate an exorcism agreed well <coughs> no um, again, I state, <clears throat> I'm not an exorcist, have not been formally trained. You, huh? No, you said exorcist. I said facilitate. Facilitate. But let me correct you. When I was called in by the church to actually test to see if there was demonic activity going on. Mind you, what had already happened was the individual had already been tested for mental illness I then came in and tested to see if there was demonic presence. If I found there was demonic presence, I would then have to go through the proper protocols and refer this case over to pastors that I worked with for many years before Bishop Long and myself started working together back in 2010. And even to this day, it still is the same thing. That does not exist in the paranormal. In the paranormal, Nowadays, there are way too many people out there that are what we call self-proclaimed demonologists that have read a few books, maybe seen a few shows of the supernatural. And they then say, you know, it would be cool to actually have a resident demonologist on our team. Why don't we call Bobby and have him be the demonologist? He's always in the demons and all that stuff. That doesn't qualify you to be the real deal. I've always stated, and I will forever state that, demonology, working for the clergy, be it through religious uh, uh, clearance of any demonic activity or exorcism has to be a calling. Hence, it falls in the category of theology. So that being said, there's also many other forms of demonology. It's just not the biblical version of demonology. And we have to be very mindful that there are many, many faiths out there that exist that do not believe that certain say spirits that we refer to as demons are called demons. And dare I even say some within the evangelical consider to be Vicky's and my favorite topic and also have a great deal of respect for um, elementals to be demonic. No, they're not very far from. 
but unfortunately they clump that in along with demons because if it's not what they say of god you know everything is of god and i i dare i even say we're not fallen angels created by god so technically yes even demons were created by god now they weren't first created by him they first started out as 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 angels they later on became fallen angels then referred to as demons but in the grand scheme of everything they were created by god and so were elementals so i got news for you um vicky is it safe to say you agree with me elementals are not demonic no they're not at all exactly exactly but and, unfortunately and i share think with us why i think elementals have been given a bad rap and i think that because i know some of them sometimes present themselves in such a scary, twisted way <laughs> yeah, that if you describe that if you describe that to someone they would say well that can't be anything but a demon because of how it looks and it's really just an elemental who is a little disgruntled and they for the most part, they're, it's kind of like, you know, they got all this attention and then that attention was taken away from them. And then you kind of want to give them attention and like, oh, no, I wanted it a long time ago. And they're all mean and disgruntled until you make a relationship with them. But I think there's a lot of people who have been on, vaca on, on investigations who may have had someone sensitive on their team, who may have gotten visions of these elementals and they were mistakenly marked as demons because of what they look like or the, the or how they behavior. Acted. yeah, uh, yeah and, and yes and, yeah and the problem is then you have somebody who thinks that this elemental is a demon they come in with their little certificate and they are basically acting as if this thing is demonic and guess what <coughs> they piss it off even more so then you have a really, really disgruntled elemental who is going to wreak havoc on people. Uh, a quick shout out to um, everyone in the chat room already, uh, to Vicky Norris. Yes, a.k.a. the other Vicky, uh, one of our top fans uh, on the show. And she's on there. Thank you for being on there and your continued support. Irene, Sean Williamson. Uh, Leslie Cody, my mentee, Paul Richardson. I know Paul Richardson. What the heck is he doing typing down? Wait a minute. Is that our producer's dad? Wow. Eileen Jones, as usual, lending uh, her usual support. Thank you so much, Eileen. Um, also, we have uh, Margaret Golden. Beth, the B. How you doing, B? Uh, Beth Watson, um, and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. This is something that is and has been in contention for quite some time. Actually, ever since the TV shows got started, it this got started as well, unfortunately. Um, because I think, as as you stated, Vicky, there's 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 this misconception, and what tends to happen is. If we don't understand it, let's label it demonic, right? Wrong. I disagree 110% with that because having been involved in the paranormal, having been trained, formally trained for nine and a half years, 
by three different churches, recognized by two out of them um, as a religious demonologist, I can honestly say not everything's demonic. Sorry to burst your bubble. Um, are there things demonic? Yes, but not everything is. Should paranormal investigators who have never been properly trained on how to deal with something demonic attempt to go up against something demonic? No. Why? Because you're putting yourself in danger, your team, and most importantly, the clients you are there to help in danger. You'll make it worse. How many times have I gone to a case and it's something demonic and I immediately take my team outside and we say, we need to discuss this. I'm seeing shades of something that could potentially, not saying it is, could potentially be demonic. So let's take these precautionary measures in the meantime. And then sometimes it ends up not being because as, as the old saying goes, as in life, so shall you be in death. This is truth. If you are a jerk in life, you're going to be a jerk in death. And oftentimes, even human spirits come across like jerks, and they can be the double themselves just because they make themselves to be. That is one cool pick, but I can't really make out what it is. Um, Put on your old man glasses. Yeah, my old man glasses. Yeah. Okay. The lady in white. Now, you know, and, and that's yet another urban legend that has gone, wow, that's, that's existed for hundreds of years. Uh, but oftentimes you see the lady in white more so on roadsides than anything else. It's kind of funny that there she is. Um, yes, you will be a jerk in death, Eileen. I know this. Rich Valdez, have you wanted to get trained in exorcisms? You know, actually, look, as I stated before, and I'll state it again, I was trained in liberation. Exorcisms is something that is reserved for the Catholic Church. I do work for the old Catholic Church, but I have chosen to remain a demonologist for a reason, because I've already been formally trained to be a demonologist, religious demonologist. I know how to do deliverances if need be, but respectfully, since I work for the old Catholic church, I have to follow their rules. Uh, so Beth says, wait, are you telling me that everything you see in these TV shows isn't a portal to hell? Oh my God, no, she didn't. She went there. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, you know that, Beth, come on. Well, I'm going to give an example of why it's very dangerous to call in teams that don't look at things from multiple perspectives. In 2014, I got in touch with you and I said, I have this one particular case in Miami. I just want you to double check what's going on. And uh, to refresh your memory, that's when I pulled up my 2014 black on black Mustang and you identified me as having my midlife crisis. Anyway, so <laughs> we went into this residence. It was you, me, and my investigator, Bobby Joe, and you proceeded to give the client the test that you get. 
Now, in the middle of those tests, she proceeded to freak out. Oh, yeah. None of us freaked out because we saw that what was going on is she was having a panic attack. And it wasn't that she couldn't respond. It wasn't that she was possessed. It was that she had worked herself up to a panic attack. And so that's what I think is important too. All three of us knew she wasn't possessed. We knew that there weren't demons involved, that it was a panic attack. Other teams could have gone in there, made a wrong diagnosis, and made everything a lot worse than what it already was. I now remember the case very clearly. In fact, um, it was a woman, I'd say, what would you say, 50s? I would say 40s, mid 40s. Okay. Haitian, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, And she definitely, not that she had dabbled in it, but having come from Haiti, what you are predominantly exposed to when you're in Haiti is voodoo. And, um, that is knowing that, and you had, thank you, by the way, informed me of the fact of her history and her traumas in the past with voodoo and Haiti, and then here (coughs) and her believing (coughs) that she was possessed due to some rituals that she may have taken part of or forced to be a part of. I already knew going in, thanks to your uh research that this was already in her head she was predisposed to this naturally she's going to react to this so when i started doing the testing as i did and yes she started going into her speaking in tongues and acting weird and you remember me i i just mm-hmm. yeah we were all just sitting there and i waited i said you done tell me when you're done all right. I waited and I waited. I didn't give in to it. And you all did very good, by the way. You didn't give in to it either. And you noticed what I noticed. This was triggered, not by demon, triggered PTSD. by PTSD and her culture. Okay. So. She passed the test with flying colors in the sense that there wasn't anything demonic there. If there was, it would have reacted, and it didn't. I gave you my opinion as a demonologist. Take it for what it's worth. And I think you agreed in the end. There wasn't anything demonic. This was just trauma. There wasn't anything paranormal at all. What Point did is we actually gave her information for outside services, Um, If you remember, the refrigerator had been busted and um, the contents spoiled. So they were down to the store to get things daily. Um, The place was infested with roaches and um, she needs some, you know, therapy, mental health services and any other kind of assistance. So um, Bobby Joe had given her a list of different services that would actually give her that kind of help because that's really what she needed at that point. And, and, and you know what? That is very important, too. Uh, oftentimes, I've had many cases, and I'm sure you have too, Vicki, where it's more along the lines of uh, poverty, more along the lines of trauma, more along the lines that they don't have insurance or accessibility to mental health professionals that can help them. 
Um, and it's always good to have a list of people that they can be referred to because you don't want to push that person any further down that rabbit hole that they've already found themselves in. Uh, so Beth says, how many times are we called into a case because another group went in and made things so much worse? I'm going to let Vicki handle that one because you know what? Uh. <laughs> well, we both have gotten a few referrals from a certain team. Yeah. Um, well, you know, just not that team, but in general, yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've had, I've even, I've had people come to me and say, do you mind? I've already investigated their house. Do you mind if I get another team? And then they find out just how good they have it when the other team comes screams in the middle of the night running out with their tail between their legs and you know they never hear from them again um so unfortunately but here's the here's the problem you may remember this back in the day we had kind of a policing system let's say yeah for the paranormal where you could refer teams that had committed some type of you know infraction at a client's home or clients had some kind of, um, basically it was what our, our version of a Yelp review back in the day. And there was a central uh, agency that was monitoring it. But the problem is there's no way to properly vet some teams that are out there. You could maybe if they have a page, but who knows? Most of the people who are going to review them are probably friends. So you can't really trust reviews that are coming from that. And there's only so much you can do. But what I have always told anybody who reached out, don't have me come unless you feel comfortable with me. So it is that first impression, that first contact that we make as a team. And I tell people, go with your gut. If you think that we, there's been cases where they've, they've contacted multiple teams and I may be the third one that they've contacted. And they'll tell me, Hey, I contacted two other teams. They're supposed to come such and such, but I just wanted to reach out. I would have a conversation. And then they would say, you know what? I'm going to cancel the other two teams. So, if there's people, if there are people who are watching who have activity going on in their home and they're looking for someone to help them, use your gut and vet these people. Your simple phone call, your first initial contact with them, how long does it take them to get back to you? What is it like when you talk to them on the phone? What feeling do you get from that? Go with that first and foremost, and then keep your fingers crossed that you pick the right one because unfortunately you can absolutely make things worse. If you call in an exterminator for ants, you end up with roaches sometimes because they sprayed the wrong thing. Um, to answer, uh, I know it's Linda Judd. I hope you, I pronounced your name correctly. She said, Rich, it sounds like you were called in to be a first responder to that i really don't know how to answer uh because i've actually had my fair share of i'm usually this you know not always but when i've been called in like in vicky's case where she called me in to check out this one client she already had you could say i was a second responder not that she couldn't handle it but she figured if it is demonic 
let's call in a real demonologist. And I did, and I told her, this ain't demonic. And plus, you are my process of elimination. And that's exactly. not what you have to do, is you have to say, okay, this, this, and this is happening. I have these resources. Let's start here. Let's eliminate demon. Let's call Rich. And so, you know, it's a matter of going down your list. And if you have, thank goodness, I have a lot of people that I can call. I have a lot of people who can go ahead and go through that list and narrow it down. Uh, from Eileen Jones, do you find people are hesitant in joining your team with you being a demonologist or jumping in to join? Uh, no, actually, I have not had that issue. Um, in fact, I, I think they feel more secure. Hello, Victor and uh, Jenny, by the way. Hello to you too and Linda. Um, I, I, I don't think uh, that is a deterrent. Um, if anything, I think it's good to have a well-rounded team. I mean, a team of investigators, researchers, um, individuals that are psychic medium, individuals that are demonologists, real demonologists, not the, the few that just read a book or watched Supernatural all 18 seasons. Uh, nothing against Supernatural I'm a fan of. Uh, Linda Judd, uh, agree with your response and also want to add that you used patience to address the situation. Uh, we all we all have to and we all should. Um, at the end of the day, Linda and to everyone in the chat room, we're human. We make mistakes. To Vicky's point, trusting your gut when you first contact that team, oftentimes your gut is in a fear mode so you're not really thinking straight you're gonna grasp at whatever or whoever says yes first and that's oftentimes what happens i hate to say it and that in itself has been the issue it's hard to vet teams that are on the internet how long they've been around i've seen teams that have said collectively we have 46 years of experience experience i'm like okay so creative wait, so, mathing yeah i you know from a teacher to your ears i agree 100 you can't do that that doesn't really matter now what does matter is if that team has been established say 10 15 20 25 years that's great but I guarantee you there's been a rotating door of different members that have come and gone. It happens. So it's very, very hard to actually. I, I agree with you, Vicky, to an extent, but I also have to think and I'm putting myself in the in the position of the victim, the person that's scared at that moment in time. They ain't thinking straight. They put paranormal teams and the very first one that pops up, they hit it and bam they get in the worst team simply because they paid to be on top of the list doesn't mean that they are the best on that list usually the ones that are closest to the bottom are the best ones so bear that in mind and if you can get beyond the, the fear part please do it'll help you in the end well what a lot of people find and i learned this about one of the books that i'm reading <laughs> When this person reached out, the problem is, is there is a lot of teams with defunct um, Vicky, websites, Vicky, phone Vicky, mails. Vicky, 
read. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. I found that funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like I said, if you want to count my experience from my first Scooby-Doo. And underoos. I've been doing this for 51 freaking years. <laughs> I don't count Scooby. <laughs> How about Aquaman? That was my underoos. <laughs> don't make me get a mental picture. <laughs> I was a little kid. And if you get a mental picture, or look, I'm hey, no. oh, Of course, you know, you know, I ain't thinking about you and the underoos as a little kid. So you just, oh, no. Almost maybe sped up my juice here. <laughs> Uh, almost doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Vicki. You were saying. Well, I'm looking at Eileen's comment. Um, they've been investigating 10 years, but truly have only have done one location. It reminds me of somebody who I won't name names, but ended up on a TV show. And I was on the same team as this person. And literally in the seven months I was on this team, this person went to three investigations. While well, I was doing two investigations every single weekend. And they landed on a TV show and they said that they had been doing this for three plus years. And I'm like, you Actually, started, no. you started 15, a week before me. 15 years. Yeah. But I'm just saying in that particular first episode of that show, they supposedly had been running or helping to run that team for three years. And I didn't get past the first episode because I was screaming at the screen. <laughs> I'm like, you went on three investigations. Three. And one of them was my tryout investigation. It wasn't even a real investigation. There was a bunch of us trying out for the team and they just happened to be there to set up the equipment. But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And I there. also, no offense to people because a lot of people do get their start this way, but my criteria of being a true paranormal investigator has to do with residential locations, not historic not graveyards not that that can be in combination but to truly be to me my definition you need to help people and the best way that you are able to help people is to help them in their home to find solutions i have had people who were ready to let their house walk away from their house they were going to let it go into foreclosure and walk away unless we could figure out what was going on and we did. And that was 2008 and they're still living in that house. So that for me, I have a little bit harder criteria. My criteria has to do with helping real people with real problems in their home. I agree 100%. Um, there's, there's so many criterias and, and people tend to forget that we really need to go down the list. But the, the most primary in my book and in Vicky's is helping the client deal and cope. And it's not so much. Oftentimes, we're not here to get rid of things or spirits. What if the spirit is grandma, grandpa, your deceased husband or wife just trying to get a message across? And it's only going to last for a few weeks, few days, few days, weeks, months, and then it goes away. Wouldn't you like to know that message? Wouldn't you like to know what they want to say before they go into the great beyond? Oftentimes it's closure. That's all they need. But we naturally as human beings tend to fear that which we do not understand. So you call people in like 
myself and Vicky and other teams that we know that are reputable and other individuals that are reputable to help you transition what that spirit is trying to tell you so you can move on. Uh, Linda Judd, uh, to be fair, I did, I did call the other one on my list of midwives before calling back the second one. So, yeah, and, um, and Miss Eileen Jones helping people and finding answers is what I want. I use big locations to try to perfect myself and learn from others to help me help a client. Big locations is like continuing education for me. Um, I think I'll take this one. Uh, and then Vicki, please chime in. Because you know what I'm probably going to say. <laughs> Look. Eileen, I completely disagree with you. Sorry, but big locations, you have more freedom to do whatever the hell you want to do because it's a commercial location. Whatever is there ain't going to affect anybody that lives there because it's a commercial location. So, yeah, of course, I consider it a field trip. That's what I, I've always called it. It's a field trip. So I get to do whatever I want to do. I never provoke, by the way, but I also respect the spirits and I go there to do research and, and also see what I can do later on. Maybe if I can somehow perfect it in a commercial location and transfer it over to a client's home, because the best way to learn how to deal with a client is to deal with clients not to deal with a commercial location that has no clients. So how can you practice your people skills when there's no people to practice on? So I respectfully disagree with you there. And Vicki, you have the stage and I'm going to back away. No, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be nice. Um, I'm wearing my, by the way, I'm wearing my not today Satan shirt. So I'm going, <laughs> no. I'm wearing my Batman shirt. <laughs> um, no, what I'm going to say is I understand that. I mean, it does expose you to, I would say if you're going to do those type of investigations, what you're perfecting is the use of technology is what I would say. That would be a good place. If you're using any devices, that would be a good place for you to practice that that's where I think it would benefit, but you're not talking directly to clients, dealing with clients. Most people do not conduct themselves the same at a commercial as opposed to a residential. Thank goodness, because you always <laughs> have to keep in mind that you you get to leave, but you're leaving these people in their home. They're already scared to begin with. Yeah. And you're leaving them. You want to leave them better than when you got there. So you have to be so careful and professional and really know the limits to what you're going to do. My other problem, and I don't want to sound like too picky, but as a psychic medium. Are you being a Vicky Downer? No, I'm being picky Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> um. The other issue I have with those kind of locations, it's kind of like using spirit because they're there. A lot of them are stuck there. 
you're kind of making them a sideshow. And I, I personally, I know people do it and I don't want to sound, you know, uppity or whatever, but being a psychic medium, I have to worry about my relationship with the living and the deceased. And I am not fond of locations being used continually because of the level of activity in order for entertainment. That's my, in my opinion, that's the disclaimer. That's my opinion. That does not reflect the opinion of Greetings by Beyond, on Beyond Radio. It is just Vicky being sensitive Vicky. Okay. And I understand people do it. I myself have, I've been to cemeteries before. I have been to a location in downtown Lake Worth, actually two locations in downtown Lake Worth before. So I have in the past done it, but the closer I became with spirit, the more difficult it was for me to give a thumbs up for that. But yes, perfecting your use of equipment, that's a great place to do that. I agree. Um, and yes, I agree with everything you just said. I, uh, when it turns, and this this has been going on for years now. It's just, just it's just not something I started last year. This has been going on for years, and I've actually had issues with this. Um, and yes, I've gone to some of these locations, very far and few between. I'd say collectively, maybe five of them in over what twenty years. Heck, even the conventions that I've gone to where they have a side investigation going on. Uh, that's an opportunity for me to just stay in the hotel room, and let everyone go and investigate. Uh, I, I don't bother because I feel it's exploitation of those spirits that are stuck there, want to go home, but the will of the people that are going in there to actually uh, investigate them is keeping them there. And that in itself, that's, that's kind of disgraceful if you think about it. And, and and you get to pay at the door to see the carny sideshows, you know, uh, and kind of poke them through the cage. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I do take personal issue with it. The saddest part, and it's not so much the people investigating it. It's really the people that will hide behind the guise of this is a historical place. Please send us money so we can keep it open. <clears throat> for historical preservation. But meanwhile, they're exploiting the fact that it's haunted and charging you at the door to go and poke the carny freaks in there. And I, me personally, I, I have issues with that. Uh, there are online classes for parapsychology in the US and in the UK. There are actual and you have to make sure um linda that they are from accredited schools um don't just take any course make sure they're accredited and you will be getting an actual diploma when it comes to be a parapsychologist i'm glad you brought that up that's another point of discussion <clears throat> and it was asked of me in in an interview that i was in uh i think monday and when the whole craze of paranormal investigating started with two plumbers back in the early 2000s. Uh, people started thinking to themselves, well, heck, they're plumbers. 
and they're investigating what I've always wanted to investigate. I thought you needed to be a parapsychologist and it took off. Here's the funny thing. I had already been investigating from, you know, mid to late eighties into the nineties, two thousands. And then 2003 is when I joined a team to see what it was like to investigate with other people. Cause at that time I was basically just a freelance investigator you know, putting to practice what I had learned from the books. What I then started finding was that all these teams were being inspired by what they were seeing on TV. No longer was it necessary to actually go and get your parapsychology degree from an accredited university. Now, anybody and their mother could do this problem. This also, as time went on, bled into theology. And theology ended up having individuals that were like, heck, I've seen Joe Blow, who's a paranormal investigator, not a parapsychologist, conducting exorcisms or cleansings and this and that. And then what I had worked so hard to actually do the right way since the 80s into the 90s into the 2000s was all of a sudden you know the thing that everybody does they wake up one morning they're like i feel like being a demonologist i feel like being a parapsychologist no i will never claim to be a parapsychologist never have never will because i don't have a parapsychology degree vicky and i interviewed a parapsychologist the lovely evelyn hollow to one one person that gained two big fans and Vicky and I very well knowledge very experienced with this young lady parapsychologist with a degree and wow did she blow blow our minds out of the water because you know what Vicky and I are still going okay Evelyn when can you come back she knows what she's talking about so well that's my two cents I can tell you that you know, you and I have discussed because of dreams and things like that. We talked about, you know, that demonology and, and the study of all that might be something for me. But one of the reasons I hesitated is because I knew the amount of work that would have been involved in being what I would consider qualified to voice an opinion and qualified to be able to help people because I had decided to be a demonologist from the get go. I knew it would be a long and torturous because I'd be working with you road. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I, I ain't as bad as Bishop James long. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you that that was Sergeant slaughter. Well, you like, I'm trying to get this in by this time. And no, I'm not, I'm kidding around, but he was, he was strict. And, and you had to be on time with everything, your research, your tests, but continue. But see, that's what I mean. I knew that it was not read one book, pass a five question quiz, and get a certificate. I knew that more was involved. And plus, you know, we all know that John Zeff has helped solve that mystery for me, whether I was going to do it oh, or yeah, not. Yeah, because yeah. he but took the time. It he, took him he, one sentence. 
and I figured out it wasn't for me. You know, he, he actually said, Vicky, <laughs> I'm going to ask you something. What do you feel? Is this a calling or not? Because this has to be a calling. And you thought about it. He asked the question. And actually, I think, what, 30 minutes later, you answered? Well, the one it, sentence he said. You were said, kind of marinating in that answer for a while. The one sentence that he said that was the deciding factor is he said that it would affect my ability. And when I thought about how many people I help with my ability, as opposed to how many people I would have helped being a demonologist, because it's a rare occurrence. It's no slight against a demonologist. It's the fact that it's more rare. I have take, I took a little hiatus from doing readings. Mm -hmm. I posted yesterday on my page. I have already booked in one day, booked five readings at a party by saying that. So that in comparison to how many people in such a short amount of time that I can help as opposed to giving up or altering my ability in order to be a demonologist. To me, weighing the numbers, it I just had to go with what I felt for me was going to provide more help for people. You see, I, I remember um, having started working, yes, Beth, that, <laughs> oh my God, you sounded like him. Uh, he can't was, ever talk about him without doing his Zaffa's voice, okay? I can't help it. Years. I actually, I think it's funny. I think it's cute. I love the man. He's he's like a dad to me in, in so many ways, much like to you, B. He's 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 a great soul and I love him to death. Um, but when it comes to the the subject matter of demonology, I had already studied at least what two, no, four and a half years worth of religious demonology. And here I was studying way longer than just, you know three or two or four, I was going on to five years with Bishop Long mentoring me. And I'm like, man, what's taking so long? I mean, I guess it's different when it comes to the old Catholic church, but damn, this is just constant over and over and over and over. And uh, I had just started my show, Greetings from Beyond Radio, ironically, same one we have here now in 2014. And it was, it was getting to the point where I could not handle doing my nine to five, taking care of my team, taking care of the paranormal clergy, doing greetings from beyond radio and being mentored to be a demonologist recognized by the United States old Catholic church all at the same time. And, you know, my family comes first too. So let's make it this. Uh, I couldn't do it. I, I just, I, I had to make a choice. So I shelved this show. And then ironically, 2015, he said, you're done. Here's your certification. You're recognized officially as the resident demonologist for my church, the United States Old Catholic Church. And I was like, well, hallelujah. And but then other things got in the way. And my passion has always been to help people. Let me just state this, too, before we go any further. My passion has always been to help people whether it was within the paranormal or whether through demonology either way it's help nonetheless and that in itself was an accomplishment for me a nine and a half year accomplishment for me 
And I proudly can now say that I am authentically a demonologist, but at the same time, I, I, I take more pride and I know it's a sin in knowing the hundreds, maybe thousands of family that I have helped over the years because I, I didn't do it to say one, two, three, four cross, you know, no, I did it because I needed to. And I know Vicky, that's the way you are too. We, we don't do this to, you know, put notches on the wall and goes cross, notch, 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 cross. No, no. The only this. thing that we can cross off is we have given freely of our time, our resources, are i mean i know i'm sure you don't we did we never charged for gas tolls anything if we went on a vac uh, an investigation that was out of town i've been to jacksonville i paid for the gas i paid for the hotel i paid for everything involved and it all came from the pocket and the heart because we wanted to help um, could you put um, Eileen's comment back there? Because I wanted to say something to her. The one that she just said about she wishes she could see them. Sing for us, Rich, in this in this pause. <laughs> Sing a song. Sing that country song we were singing before. <laughs> I didn't even know the country song. I'm not a country boy, so. We were making it up as we went along. Uh, maybe you well, and Jen were, but not me. <laughs> Um, Eileen said something about um, she wishes she could see them because then she could help them more. So something to that effect, I'm paraphrasing. Um, but what I wanted to say, don't give up. All I can tell you is that when I first started, I joke and I say a ghost could have sat on my face and I wouldn't have had any idea. And it was years and years of speaking. And yes, if you have a recorder and you're in a room, even though you don't see them and you can't hear them, you are communicating with them. And eventually you build these relationships. Oh, yeah. Jen's singing our country song. Oh, God. Whatever. <laughs> so don't give up. Work with the right people. And it will happen. And you will amplify whatever natural gift that you have, and then you'll be able to help. All right. So don't give up. I, I agree. Um, now, I don't know exactly what you were referring to when it came to what Eileen said. Eileen says a lot of things, and sometimes I just try to ignore her. But, uh, you know. Um, no, it was up on the screen. It was, it wasn't. <laughs> just saying, Maybe I can find it. I don't know. Uh, let me see. I'm jealous that I can't see the dead. That one, because... Okay, so there it yeah. is. I'm jealous that I can't see the dead, not because I can't see them, but because I feel it's harder to help them. I don't know if that's coming out correctly. Yeah, so don't give up. Just keep, keep doing whatever you do from the heart and with pure intentions. Listen, sometimes you can fool the living, but you can't fool the dead. Plain and simple. They have a lot more insight on the other side than they might have had here. 
and they know exactly what kind of person you are. So keep doing everything with the purest of intentions and with the intent to help and everything will work its way towards that. Agreed. Uh, you know, I, I, I've, I feel that this, this is, this has just evolved, honestly. Uh, and I'm, I, I prefer it this way because <clears throat> everyone in the chat room, thank you, by the way, before I go any further, thank you for interacting with us and allowing us to interact with you. That is key. That's why we're doing this show in the first place. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your opinions and we want you guys to get involved. This is how we learn, right? You know, if we're here sitting on our soapboxes and dictating to you what we've got to say is God's honest truth, if you don't throw your opinion in there, then guess what? Your opinion don't count because you just sat there and listened to us spew our stuff. We don't want that. We want you guys to involve yourselves into this show. So kudos to you. Um, and Rich so can attest to the fact there's nothing I like better than playing devil's advocate. So anybody that wants to throw any of that back at me, I love it. I love to change, morph, stretch, learn, do whatever I can to form an opinion. Because at this point in the paranormal, that's all they are. They're opinions. Some are more educated opinions than others, but they're still just opinions. Agreed. Uh, Jenny Davis says, I'm heading to Joylet Prison this weekend. Please be safe. Um, I think you're driving, Jenny. Um, and uh, be safe because, hey, uh, last time I checked, we have an interview for June 4th, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I need you to be in one piece. So I'll be praying for you and mom. Um, Rich Valdez drew first blood picking on me. Uh, you don't want to hear my thoughts. And, and of course, there's always that just kidding at the end. Who Listen, was that from? That's Eileen. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, whatever. That's <laughs> whatever, dude. You know, my my dog, God, God bless him. He's 14 years old. He's he's super, super old. And, you know, he decided to vomit on the bed just 20 minutes before the show. And I was like, I can't get mad at him. He's old. I love him. Oh, and tell everybody how you spilled your little fruit cuppy thing, too. I didn't spill it. It squirted me. Um, I was actually stating that I yeah, prefer... because you didn't open it correctly. Oh, I, I'm sorry. It's a peel back. And I grew up. I grew up with. The fruit cup cans where it had the metal that you pulled off. Nowadays, yeah. they're seal plastic, and mm -hmm. it's such a pain in the... Mm. Yeah, again, what did we learn from this? Where do you point it? You point it away from you. You pull it this way away from you. Yeah, uh, okay. So anyways, uh, moving on. After we come uh, back from commercial break, Rich is going to open one of those live. And we're no, going to see no, if he gets it no, all in the place. No, no, no. You got a frowny face. Uh, and no, no stars for you today. So uh, we're going <laughs> to be taking a short break so that we can get give our sponsors a chance to get the word out there. But. Don't you dare move from that spot. We will be right back after these few short words from our sponsors. 
See you on the other side.
I guess we're back. No, we're back. Found this time. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, um, leading into the second hour, um, we figured um, I kind of alluded to this a little bit in the first hour, but I guess we'll go full in when it comes to this. Um, last week, Wednesday, after the show, a few hours after the show, in fact, I got an email from the producer that I had worked with um december of 2021 into april of 2022 um and it was for a show that they picked me to be on so uh tonight 
you guys get to see the trailer to the show. So, producer, have at. Evil is on the rise. Demons battle to possess our souls and drag us one step closer to hell. But now, there is a gathering of spiritual warriors who defend us against the devil's minions. Go back to hell! St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. And unite to banish the demons in our midst. This was the case that opened my eyes. This 17-year-old girl was so distraught that she would do anything to talk to her dad one more time disturbing things started happening you could feel the presence it, it was just terrifying we ended up having our very first demonic experience it frightened me it frightened me to the core demons wait patiently for the ultimate checkmate the rise of the antichrist which will lead to the final battle between good and evil. <laughs> Until then, the spiritual warfare will continue. These are the true stories of the Legion of Exorcists. And that, folks, is a scene a trailer if you will of the new show that i'm a regular cast member of called eli roth presents the legion of exorcists and um it was an experience to say the least uh needless to say amidst all the health issues i had um i still chose to go ahead and do this because i liked what they told me it was going to be about it was to show the other side a pulling of the veil if you will behind the curtain of what really happens during exorcisms deliverances and demonic true demonic activity that in itself is refreshing um the years of so many teams calling this that and whatnot demonic this demonic that and I personally have gone in as a consultant and had to say, no, give me your hand. No, it's not demonic. Um, are long. I mean, many, 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 many years. Uh, but this is the real deal. This is, these are theologians. These are individuals that have studied um, through church, uh, seminarian, uh, have proper training, all six of us myself i haven't gone through seminarian but i have gone through many years of training to be now i understand that many people remember me as a paranormal investigator and as a demonologist here and there uh but this is something that took me a minute to actually master and still to this day i can't say i'm a master of because i'm constantly studying it just it's a it's a never-ending rabbit hole that i i'm constantly falling into and in fact vicky and i this morning we were and into the afternoon we were discussing incubus succubus 
via text. And um, she had her theories and her questions. And I had my theories based off experience and questions. And uh, are they demonic? Are they not demonic? Uh, I'm on the fence about that. I really don't know. Uh, the, the conventional way you would think of going about this and combating something like this would be theologically speaking, theology. But oftentimes, more than, you know, I'd like to admit, theology hasn't worked. And I think the only time that I've actually seen something work is unconventionally when it involved using a off the beaten path approach and it involved using sigils uh sigils whatever you wish to call them there's the proper enunciation you say tomato i say tomato i'll say sigils and it worked allegedly according to the book i read and uh but sigils are one of those tricky things that that can be used to conjure forth a demon that has legions beneath it or um it can work for you it depends but this was being used by an individual that's an actual occult specialist and she did it and it worked i'm not an occult specialist although i've studied the occult i've studied every form of faith out there um it was a very interesting subject matter that vicky and i discussed via text and vicky uh have you come to any conclusion yet or are you still no actually yeah. one of my theories that i was tossing around if you remember one of the things i was tossing around i was comparing the relationship of an incubus or a succubus to a sexual predator um the initial grooming that they do just like a sexual predator would the way that they manipulate them to create this relationship and the way that they continue and nothing gets rid of them until the victim takes some type of action. And that's what we find when it comes to people who are in abusive relationships or people that have been victims of a sexual predator. Now, I ran my theory that I was forming <laughs> Um, at the time by someone who actually has had encounters with succubus and um, they kind of blew my theory out of the water. That doesn't mean I, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. Doesn't mean because we know here's the thing in the paranormal, there's no one size fits all. Right. And there's nothing that's written in stone. So I have to, and what better way to practice a theory is on asking someone who has been through the situation themselves and what they think about what they went through and what they think might be the cause of it. Um, I like to, I like to always put paranormal activity in human categories. For me, I like making analogies and, you know, coming up with those relationships. Like for me, poltergeists are like an ADHD kid who also has ODD, who's smart AF and knows how to push your buttons. So I like to, you know, make that, you know, into some type of human relationship in order to have a way to almost predict what is going to happen. So I was trying to place the incubus succubus 
in a category similar to a sexual predator. I still think my theory holds some water, but I have to do some more research on it. I agreed with uh, the analogy of using uh, the human experience of a sexual predator as they groom their victim. Uh, yes, it's very, very similar. The only difference being it's more along the lines of this is a spiritual thing. I don't agree with it being a paranormal phenomenon. I agree with this being more along the lines of demonic Um but you but, just said you're also on the fence because it but, doesn't completely act like that. Exactly. But, as I was saying, but... Don't point your finger that you have fruit cup juice all on at but, me. But... <laughs> I, I state this. I still am open to other theories because the... The way I would think this should be combated hasn't worked. So it, it, I then have to go further back as to the legends and whatnot when it comes to Incubus Succubus. Are they the children of Lilith? Um, are they attempting to procreate with humans? Are they the spirits of Nephilim? which they, you know, if you've ever read the whole book of Enoch, it states that when Nephilim died, they actually turned into evil spirits of the air. Evil spirits, meaning plural, many. So the, the, the body would die, the spirit would rise, meaning they have a soul, and they would disperse into many spirits, evil spirits of the air. Is this what we refer to as incubus succubus i don't know maybe could be but do the rules apply to them that we know as theologically speaking paranormally speaking i would lean more towards the occult wise and also a little bit of theology and a little bit of paranormal because it has a little bit of everything kind of like bunched in all at the same time so it's kind of it's kind of like peeling a, a, a an onion layer by layer by layer and you can't necessarily, it's going to be a really gross example and analogy, but you okay. can't necessarily eliminate them as a demonic category just because they're not taken care of by the same means. Look at, there is apparently a strand of a social disease that is impervious to the traditional treatments. So you could still have them of the same category and of the same species, so to speak, but they are impervious to those means that get rid of others that are in their same family. Here's the way I approach it in everything. You look at the symptoms. What are the symptoms of a person that is actually going through something that's incubus succubus and it's got incubus succubus written all over it? There's usually sleep paralysis. There's and sleep paralysis is very prominent in all victims. They can't move while this is happening, while they're being sexually attacked, raped. Okay. Um, then the 
so-called sexual act, which in many ways we perceive to be sexual, but it really is not. It's an attack on the person. It may be to us that way, but it really isn't. Um, and that they do this repeatedly over and over and over. Then comes the human aspect. They're breaking us down, much like a sexual predator would someone that is being groomed to be one by a sexual predator. And another part is they usually leave evidence behind. What do you say? What, what, what are you thinking? What, what evidence are we talking about here, Rich? It's, and it's going to be a little graphic here, but it's almost KY jellyish type film left behind by both incubus succubus and I have yet to be able to collect any evidence of this. I would like to. I know it sounds gross, but as an investigator, I want to know what this has, what kind of proteins, what it, what is this? Um, then go as far as I've even, because I, I was with a person, a client that I was helping long distance for, I'd say, three months, but she had already been getting attacked for four she had an incubus that was just it showed itself to her she actually drew me several sketches of what it looked like and um i remember being on at that time skype with her and behind her you could see the faucet behind her you could see a door and what i found fascinating is as she was talking you could hear this constant bump 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 like a bump like it throughout because I was doing the our father prayer I was doing several prayers and it was getting ticked off then you could literally see over her left hand corner or over her left shoulder you could see the faucet turning and the other one turning and the water running and she's like what's going on and I kept going with the prayer and as I continued with the prayer what happened then things started falling off the shelves a door opened on its own with no one on the other side and she's like okay could you please stop and i of course i stopped because i saw that whatever was with her was ticked off that i was doing this that to me shows me it has some demon in it because for me to just be praying out prayers why would it get that ticked off but it well, to play devil's advocate, but I'll oh, here we go again with devil's advocate. Oh, <laughs> well, oh. you know what? If you called me a demon and I'm a human, I'd be really ticked off. Or if you call me a demon and I'm other some other non-human entity, and you're trying to call me something that I'm not, I would get ticked off too. But the problem so, here, and I will state this: she had seen it. It did not look human. She did start developing psychic precognition type gifts that she did not have before. And in the end, she succumbed to this. She liked it so much that she actually, I, I couldn't get back in contact with her. In fact, um, I, I hope she's doing well, but it, I kind of feel, I, I know I didn't fail her, but you feel... When people like you and me, Vicky, are trying to help people and then all of a sudden they just stop communicating with us, 
we we do some soul searching and we start thinking to ourselves did i mess up somewhere did i do something wrong i feel like i've failed this person and it's human nature to feel that way but she just stopped communicating with me altogether and i i to this day and this was wow i'd, I'd say 14 years ago i hope and pray she's she's doing well i really do well, it's very similar to the relationship that some people, you know, people want to argue whether spirit boards are harmful or not. But the cases that you see where there's been damage done to someone, it's because they form a relationship with whatever's coming through the board. So yeah. it's the same thing. These people end up developing relationships with the incubus or succubus that is working their way in, grooming their way in so that they can know that they're going to establish these relationships. So if they're not demonic, if they're not human, then what are they? This is what I've come to the conclusion, at least so far in all the cases I've been involved in. They do have the ability to cause sleep paralysis, not the clinical one sleep paralysis now you did state something very interesting in your notes and i want to refer back to the notes and you had asked me a, a medley of questions so bear with me why don't you sing that stupid song that you were talking about at the beginning i fell up yeah. the stairs yeah, my dog puked on my bed come on jen sing along freaking ridiculous already <laughs> keep going go ahead well, yeah. you were just it was just who was having the, the worst country song day yeah that's well, why we made up the song i'm not a country song lover sorry more into heavy metal rock everybody there's the words if anybody else wants to sing along yeah I fell oh, up the stairs my dog threw up on my bed come on really <laughs> it'll yeah. make you find that text faster won't it yeah because i don't want to hear sing. i don't want to hear this anymore <laughs> seriously i'm like <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> okay, here it is. Oh, thank God. <laughs> okay, can you recall any of in of the incubus slash succubus cases having any of these specifics? I, I would imagine symptoms. Okay, so before the attack face off victim sprayed with some type of liquid. No. But let me let me let me clear this up a little bit. Remember what I just said. I believe I theorize because it, this is an ongoing thing. Every victim at first, when the first few attacks, and I'm saying like five, six, maybe ten attacks, they cannot fight back. Why? Sleep because of sleep paralysis but i've never heard of any of the individuals that i've helped that they had some kind of substance sprayed in their face that's a first for me but i wonder if in the midst of their sleep while they are in rem state they have and then they wake up and they can't move so that does add to what i've been theorizing for many years that they cannot move due to sleep paralysis and i believe that it's induced by incubus succubus um and you said three to five times mm -hmm. 
Okay, me whatever like the first whatever three. liquid whatever liquid this is was sprayed in their face three to five. In one experience, mm -hmm. or okay, mm -hmm. all right. Uh, after the attack victim feels dizzy, over caffeinated. Yeah, like they had had a bunch of you know like ten espressos. Okay, so so they're they're like uh, Hyper. you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, they're 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 shivering. Um, like they experienced an electric sh electrical shock to that. I responded with, "Yes, that I have heard of, but it's it's like during the act itself uh, that they feel the electrical shock." And I often wonder. I've also marked down that there's also tearing of flesh when it's a woman. Their area down there gets torn up. They've gone to specialist doctors, emergencies. They can't explain how this happened. Uh, they, they, they even said, did you take a serrated knife to yourself as graphic as it sounds? Yeah, it, that's how bad it is. So it, it, I find it hard to believe that these women, although they're being groomed, find this to be pleasurable in any way, shape, or form. So I'm, 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 I'm just stating my experience. There's been that film left behind that i wish i could get you know some of that evidence uh just to see what it is but they of course they wake up and they're like ew what is this and they wipe it off and throw it away and i'm like oh please don't so uh that's human nature i mean people well, want to yeah. erase the experience granted uh so uh linda judd says i have one espresso and i go all jittery all over. I can't even have one. I mean, the the max I could do is a small Dunkin' coffee, and you have to peel me off the ceiling. And that's just a regular Dunkin' coffee. Yeah, mind you, I, I only have one cup of coffee in the morning. That's it. I'll do. And and I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the day. If I have anything more than that, oh. I will be bouncing off the walls. And it's not even espresso. It's just regular Folgers. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting subject matter and this is pretty much what vicky and i discuss via text most of the time i know it sounds boring but maybe to you all that are in the chat room right now are like oh what a cool subject matter <clears throat> what do you guys feel what do you guys think when it comes to incubus succubus throwing that out there in the meantime while you guys are writing in um it, uh, Rich gives me hardcore ex uh, espresso when we go on road trips. Oh, <laughs> uh, a little bit about that. She was driving. She took over driving for the night, Jen, and she was like falling asleep. I got her the double shot uh, Starbucks in a can, and she was like, "Woo!" She looked like a Muppet. She sounded like Ric Flair, and she was like doing this, and she was driving. And I was like scared for my life because I had to grab the wheel. I'm like, what are you doing? Woohoo! Yeah. Okay. So uh you learned now, a they, lesson. now they have triple and quadruple shot, by the way. That should be fun. Now, um, so for those of you that may have questions, uh love listening to you guys. What is your experience or opinion of near-death experiences? Sorry. If off topic, nothing's off topic when it comes to greetings from beyond radio, Tanya. Um, Vicki, take it. 
Um, I think that a lot of people who have had near-death experiences, definitely since they've actually been to the other side very briefly, um, they come back with more insight. They find that their abilities have been heightened and people who didn't even realize they had any, all of a sudden they emerge. Um, I don't want to say this in a way that sounds weird, but to me, it would be such an overwhelming experience and awe-inspiring. It's not that I want to have a near-death experience. That can make but me happen, Vicky. I have places to hide your body just so you know. <laughs> You're a midget compared to me. <laughs> um, my house has crawl space underneath. I know. Anyway, I'm not saying that I want to have a near-death experience, but it, if I were to have one, I would, I don't want this to sound weird, I would consider it an honor to be able to have a glimpse of the other side, to be able to come back and be able to possibly help people through my near-death experience. I think it would be dangerous for you to have one considering you already have the gift. What are you going to come back with? I'll be super you if you're like levitating when you come back <laughs> i'll be like down Bessie, town no. you'll have to get i'll be up here for the podcast you'll have to take a rope and pull me back down to be able to see <laughs> you'll have to take a rope and pull yourself back down because i ain't gonna be there when that is happening that's for damn sure um good question tanya i personally don't want to experience a near-death experience but those that i do know that have experienced a near-death um have come back with abilities yes and they have it's of course anyone that almost dies it's going to change their lives tie her to a hey you're supposed <laughs> to be on my side jen <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Vicky isn't floating yet. 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 But hey, I'm, you'll have to give me that red balloon. I'll just sit here with that red balloon. We all float down. Yeah, and then she comes back as it. That's the last thing I need. Okay, so no, uh I, I really believe that those that have had the experience uh were not looking forward to it because who the heck looks forward to dying? Um, but when they do come back, I would say what, would, would it be safe to say that 93% come back with something different about them? Yeah. Like they become more really spiritual, high. closer to God or their yeah. faith in particular, at least. So, yeah, you know what? I, I don't, I want to bypass that experience, but for those that have had the near death experiences, kudos to you. And I hope you're using it for the good. I really do. And uh, yes, I would like to one day have someone that on that's you know had this experience on our show, so we can discuss what they saw on the other side. And in fact, I think I know of someone that Bishop has had on his show several times was a doctor, wrote a book about his near death experience, and now has completely changed afterwards. We're talking about a medical doctor here. I think actually a surgeon who had a near death experience, and he's completely changed. So. I'm going to talk to Bishop sometime this week, maybe next, and see if we can get this gentleman 
onto the show. He has a book about this this very experience himself. And let me tell you, I, I, I read some of the book and I was like, you saw what? You experienced what? You felt what? And it's funny because he he not only saw himself out of body and what they were doing to, to bring him back, but while they were busy trying to bring him back, he did go to the other side and he came back. And that's when things got interesting. It wasn't just when he died and went to the other side. It was when he came back that things got interesting. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a lot of good. This is from Linda Judd. Uh, I hope you're. I'm saying your name right, hon. I, I, I really do, Judd. Um, but there's a lot of good books recently published in the last five years or so. I agree. Uh, I also recall one book of a person, and I'm very, very skeptical when it comes to uh, past lives. But there's one about a little boy that was born. This this is old now. Um, I'm sure he's possibly young adult by now. That when he was a little itty bitty kid, remembered experiences um, of someone that was in World War II. And someone got wind of this. And they said, that sounds like my husband or my grandfather. And they they he would talk about his these experiences and they were like that's my grandfather that's my my husband how is this possible does that mean that that's him reincarnated or did his spirit touch with that's i guess that would be a question best asked and left for you vicky what do you feel about that because i still have my questions about reincarnation because then me and just just before you go on with this my thing is is if reincarnation existed, then what the hell are we, you know, investigating in the paranormal field? Just saying. Vicky, go. Because a lot of what we are investigating in the paranormal field would be earthbound spirits. So in theory, if you never crossed over, you could not be reincarnated because you never followed the proper procedure. Now, what's weird uh, for me is that typically I do not see someone's past life. I don't see that they've been here before, but randomly in reading sometimes, I very clearly see that. I see what their life was. I see them in their period clothing, or I will see a child that is so beyond their years and knowledge. And the first thing that when I look at this child is they're basically saying to me, I've been here before. I know what I'm doing. Um, and to me, it's always, I know a lot of people who are religious, they take issue with reincarnation because of the Bible. But to me, it's just God's the ultimate recycler and that he just sends us back and think about how many times, you know, we talked last week, I think we mentioned about people who look like doppelgangers, people that look like yeah. other people. And I said, Hey, sometimes maybe there's just not, there's only a certain number of genetic combinations that and DNA that has that we have to go around. So if Keanu Reeves actually lived in the 1800s, you know, and then he showed up here looking the same way, maybe it's just because we didn't have any more DNA and that's that the combinations showed up again, or could it be that it's the same soul being recycled in a similar body at a different time period? And the best part is that we can sit here and we can go over theory after theory after theory. And none of us can be absolutely wrong because none of those have been proven. But well, what's stimulating is to talk about it. Uh, I, we're leaving out uh, free will. 
Um, uh, and this is something I was taught to by um, uh, Bishop Long, that we never lose our free will um, when we die. And we do have the, you know, you said earthbound spirits, but how about those that freely choose to come back? Uh, so then where's the reincarnation? I'm being devil's advocate here now. Uh, because if it was automatic, you die, you're reincarnated into another body, then where's the free will applied there? But then again, that's one particular faith being respectable of all other faiths. I think there's a possibility, like I stated, I'm on the fence until I'm proven one way or the other, I'm going to stay on that fence. And, uh, I just, I, I, I've seen way too many people that come back after hypnosis saying, I was George Washington. By the way, uh, Linda Judd, thank you so much for the compliment. That was very, very sweet of you. Um, we we really, you know, do everything we can. And also uh, Tanya as well. Uh, Tanya stated, and I quote, because I can on this side. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's actually changed the way I look at life as well, listening to these stories. So unbelievable. I wish I could see beyond. Thank you for being so amazing on helping so many. <clears throat> That's what we strive to do. And be careful what you wish for, Tanya, because you may not want to see what's beyond. It's scurry. And I think Vicky could actually back me up on that. I haven't been shown anything too terribly scary. Uh, you've mentioned a few mosquito-looking things that I'd be like, yo, what the hell is that? Where's off? Um, well, that's that's here. That's not on the other <laughs> side. Yeah, that's that's even worse. That's here. Oh, hey, fact, okay. I'm feeling so much better now if it was on the other side. <laughs> I have a real fly flying around my house right now. It's like Amityville Horror up in here. And I'm going to find that thing as soon as we are off the air. This thing has buzzed you me. You flip like, flop off and you're going to find it? <laughs> yeah. Three times this thing has buzzed my head while we've been on the air. <laughs> Get your flip flop. <laughs> it's the turn into boomerang okay well and as fast as he's flying he's got to be tired by now i'm going to catch that thing in my hand oh no get chopsticks just like in karate kid and go i ain't that good yet well i can do it because sorry after seeing the preview that they showed of the show i'm going to be on uh and that blue shirt i was wearing i look like i should be a chinese waiter in a chinese restaurant ready to say oh man i take an order hey well you want to go you said it before I could make fun of it. Oh, well. It's, hey, I make fun of myself every damn day. Don't, don't take all is. my material. No, that's my material. You're borrowing it. So anyways, <laughs> that being said, uh, yes, we, we welcome any and all subject matters. This is Greetings from Beyond Radio, man. We we do this. Uh, it, it's This is what we do. Uh, and this is this is so funny. He was telling the truth. Like I will randomly be sitting there, and a thought pops in my head, and I'll be like, "Hey, have you ever heard about an elemental that walks sideways and duh, and jumps and but looks like?" Now she's saying on? this is my face. <laughs> yep, I do it all the time. I'm like, huh? Oh. Uh. <laughs> Well, then you go and get your glasses so you can actually see it. No, that's just me going. 
All right. So um, a little bit about the show. Yes, I'm excited. At the same time, I'm kind of like nervous. Uh, uh, this I'm not used to this kind of attention. I'm used to, and, and Vicky knows this, I'm used to being under the radar. Uh, when she called me into a case to assist, uh, I was happy to hear that the person had never heard of me. And I was like, good, let's keep it that way. And uh, I just went in, did my thing and, you know, said, peace out. You know, let me know how it goes. Uh, that being said, you know, I, I, I'm now thrust into this limelight that I will not know for a while how to respond to that type of attention. But I'm sure with the help of uh, Jen, Tammy and Vicky, uh, they'll, you know, uh, help guide me uh somehow some way and translation I, vicky every once in a while will slap him in his bald head and say snap out of it snap out of what i mean i really don't know you should have seen me wednesday when i got that information this was me on my phone using my pinkies i didn't know what i was doing i had to actually ha have tammy and jen take over because i was like fan page what i don't even know how to do that i'm not used to fan pages so both of them had to help me out with that. So this is a new experience, but I want people to understand something. The approach that we took when it came to this show, the Legion of the Exorcist, or the Legion of Exorcist, sorry, it's changed three times. The Legion of Exorcist, it, it, its sole purpose is to show true demonic accounts of what exorcists and me as a demonologist have gone through and experienced throughout our time doing this over so many years let me say this everything you're going to see there except for the recreations which are hollywood really happened now uh it's going to be terrifying i'm warning people ahead of time and yes it did happen does it happen all the time no but when it does I feel like that old man is like, but when I do, okay, I'm telling you, but when it does happen, you know it, you know, it's not human, you know, this is something else and it's going to rock your world. Uh, it's Vicky's fault. I followed her and so glad I did Vicky's fault. Okay. That she has flies. <laughs> I followed her here. <laughs> no, I think she's from. She um, watches my other podcast. Okay, uh, Vicky Norris says, "Where can uh, one go to see it?" Um, okay, so it, it maybe it wasn't covered in the trailer. Uh, this premieres June first, ten p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus, and there you can follow it you can even go on to youtube right now and you put in eli roth presents the legion of exorcists and you can see the trailer yourself i'm sure if jen takes the time she can actually put it there uh underneath in the ticker over here to where people can actually go and see it themselves please by all means go see it um, I think we're at 1.9k views, which is pretty good, but I'm, I could really care less, to be honest with you, because it's we're here to talk about 
is demonic something paranormal or something theological my stance it's theological i think it's been wrongfully introduced into the paranormal as something that is not paranormal and the reason there's so many people now that are getting these teams that don't know what they're doing when it comes to removing something like a demonic infestation a demonic attachment oppression possession is because <clears throat> they're not formally trained it's the equivalency of having a heart surgeon do a proctologist job or a proctologist do a heart surgeon's job it's not going to work wrong end and i think people should start realizing that if you want things done properly if you want good psychic medium uh advice uh you turn to me not you turn to her because she's a psychic medium you want demonologist to you know take things on you turn to her no you turn to me because ultimately in the end i've been trained to do this and I, i'm kind of like a swiss army knife there's times when i gotta pull out whatever i need to pull out in order to adjust to what may be going on in that situation and vicky also has that ability although she knows now what to look for when it comes to something demonic because it doesn't have the same vibe as a human am i right well that's why i'm a proud affiliate of the paranormal clergy my team is an affiliate of the paranormal clergy and our job is to go in and to do the initial investigation and interviews to see if i'm going to turn the case over to someone who would actually handle it if it's not demonically related then our team you know finishes up everything and we take yep. care of the clients ourselves exactly so. this is uh the paranormal clergy this is how we actually um work and the paranormal clergy some is another um team that i own and run bishop james long started about 23 24 years ago he gave me the reins um i want to say 2020 wow it was the worst time to give me, <laughs> give me the reins that was the beginning of covid but um the whole purpose and existence of paranormal clergy is Bishop Long saw many years ago the problem that paranormal teams were being faced with. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I am because I myself uh, have seen it many times where paranormal teams go in there. They think that you're dealing with something. They go into a person's home. And they think they're dealing with something demonic. So what do they do? They go with, they go to a church and, and they say, hey, uh, we're, we have a client and we think that they're dealing with something demonic. And the church is like, eh, that's nice. You see that? That's a door. Go that way and don't come back. And that's what the church was doing for many, 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 many years and still are to this very day. So Bishop Long, having the heart that he has, he said, oh, nay, nay, I'm not going to do this. How dare they? They're turning God's children away. So he started the Paranormal Clergy Institute. And you know what? When he offered me the opportunity to join and be an administrator for it, I honorably said yes, and to this day continue his legacy as the Paranormal Clergy Institute. So what we do, just so anyone out there that's you know interested in knowing what we also do, because I have so many hats to wear, uh, the Paranormal Clergy Institute 
has teams throughout the United States. I wish we had them in every single state, but we do not, unfortunately. And whatever case may come to our attention, if it happens to be in your state or around where you live, we put it in our private room or private chat. And whoever has some access to it because they happen to be close to it, they say, we'll take it. Now, we're not expecting you to go in there and do the power of Christ compels you or anything like that. We're expecting you to go in and investigate as a paranormal team, gather evidence, and then bring it back, uh, gather all that evidence, write a report, and send it to me. I'll decide whether it is or it's not demonic. Then we go to the next stage. That's when I have our case manager, who also happens to be a mental health professional, interview the client or clients in question and whether they are found to be sane or not or there could be something going on we need to know we'll still send that team in and then they send us the evidence and we go ahead and gather what the mental health professional told us i then recommend whether clergy goes in there or not okay that's how the paranormal clergy works for those of you and for those people who <coughs> show up, I actually have a mental health professional on my team that's in yes. during the client interview. And she asks the questions that need to be asked to see what angle we're coming from. Uh, thank you, Linda. Uh, yes. Um, we, you know what? I, I have to say this. If, if you're going to get a team together, wouldn't you rather have every single facet of what is needed when you go in to help these individuals that are going through whatever they're going through covered? I would. Uh, mental health professional, covered. Psychic medium, covered. Researcher, covered. Case manager, covered. Investigator, demonologist, covered. We always had two medical professionals two um, certified nurses on our team as well. Because um, there were times that we did have people who were going through medical issues and it was causing things to almost seem like it was paranormal when it wasn't. So it pays to have, and, and you should, every team should have a pretty hardcore skeptic to keep everyone in check. I agree. I mean, uh, being skeptical, uh, you know, you have to. Because quite frankly, if you're not. So how much longer do we have before we have to say bye-bye to everyone, Miss Producer? She five just minutes. It, five minutes. Five. Okay, so we got five minutes. I got five uh, minutes to sing again? Oh, no, you don't. Stop it. Saying you don't like my singing. Put your hand out. Put your hand out. Put your hand no, out. All right. So... Uh, no, uh, we are, <laughs> so <laughs> who, who do we have next week so we can get, start prepping everyone? God, that hurt. God bless. <laughs> I hear a little baby girl. There's the girl that fell up the stairs. Yeah, I fell up the stairs. She always finds a way to do so. My, Talking to the girl. daddy whose dog puked on his bed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let's not start that song. Okay. So, 
I'd like to hear from our, our producer in five minutes, uh, or at least tell me I, who we have next week. Hopefully we do have a guest. I'm hoping we were supposed to have a guest this week. So wait a minute, come to think of it, then we wouldn't have a guest next week. Darn, that means we got to do this we again. We got to talk again. Really? Ah, ah, Ugh. okay. Yeah, I know, right? But you know what? Actually, I don't mind it because when we have this engaging crowd engaging back with us and asking questions, this show was actually fun. So, you know, I learned a Are lot. Are you saying just me isn't fun? No. You have to have other people? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Rich. Yeah, not until the 17th. Oh, stop getting all butthurt, for God's <laughs> sakes. Miss. Oh, look Miss, who's talking the king. I'm worried. I'm worried. Not, not today, Satan shirt. Come on. Really? For reals? Oh, all right. I just want to take a second before we get off here. Um, those of you that follow me on my readings by Vicki Facebook, you know that I put an announcement. I took a little bit of time off. I put an announcement up that I was um, back up and running. And thank you for your patience. Um Wow. Just wow. Thank you for all the people who have contacted me in the 24 hours that I put that. I mean, I'm sitting here and there's like another one on my, my phone that just popped up from Facebook. So again, continued patience as I go ahead and schedule these readings. And I can't express to everyone how much it means to me when you do reach out and you want to have that conversation with me. And I really am blessed to be able to speak to all the people that get in touch with me and to hopefully give them the answers that they are seeking and maybe make their day a little brighter. And I, uh, I just have to show, I did get some merchandise. I did get some merch. So I do have my reading by Vicki coffee mugs now. And when we're taking notes for our guests, my readings by Vicki Penn. So I do have merch. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, you got your 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 five minutes of fame there. There you go. All yeah. right, we're good. Uh, so join us next week, folks. Uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I have yet another interview to do, but whatever. That's. That's going to be in my life for a little while there. Uh, and next week, we will find another subject for all of us to engage in. And I look forward to all of you guys joining us. So remember what I always say. Live life. Don't let life live you. And peace be still. Lives.